0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we dive into the episode, once again, I want to remind you to check out my band that just came back here in 2022. Check us out at Run With It Band everywhere, especially TikTok, because frankly, we just started on TikTok. We need some love there. So it's at Run With It Band on TikTok as well, uh, we also do a daily podcast, five to ten minutes long, called Run With It Daily, where we do updates and progress of the band as well as our overarching goals as we seek to get back on the road and establish ourselves in the NFT licensing and metaverse spaces. Uh, you can follow that podcast by going to runwithitband.net. Runwithitband.net. And now for today's podcast, we have Trent Musinger, Trent Musinger is the frontman, media producer, and founding member of the Kansas City-based rock band U Monster U. Trent embodies the DIY punk rock mindset as he leads the writing, recording, promoting, and production of artwork and video for the band, along with performing lead vocals and guitar. He is a busy dude, and we had a great, conver- <laughs> great conversation. Trent and I talked about being the architect of your own life as applied to art business, and your own happiness. We also discuss tools that help you keep your sanity as an artist on social media because it can get pretty crazy. And we also dive into the power of taking risks. I was inspired by this. I was inspired uh, to to actually uh, try out a thing that my drummer's been wanting me to do. He's wanted me to put one of those headsets on, dance around, and sing like Britney Spears. Not exactly like Britney Spears because no one wants that. But he, yes, I never wanted to, but Trent may have pushed me over the edge to try it. Uh, very inspired in this. Episode enjoy
1: the live and create podcast. Oh, thank you so much for uh, putting me, you know, letting me jump on here. I think patience is definitely the uh, cornerstone of any artist in the last uh, two years here, <laughs> right?
0: It well, in general, but then you throw in a pandemic and you know. No live performings and and everything's like, Yeah, we're all fucked. Let's figure this out.
1: <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you just cursed because I was gonna ask if that was uh Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem at all. Uh it's funny because it's become such a normal thing for me. I was in a rehearsal for a holiday thing last night. It was like in a church and I didn't know where everyone stood on stuff. And so it was so hard to lead a band rehearsal without Saying fucking shit a lot. I was like, "Huh, this is interesting."
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely had those issues. I mean, just like, oh, we need to not say the curse word at this show, and then when you're in the moment, it's like, ah, you know, good luck. It's going to be <laughs> a flip the coin, the flip of the coin. If I remember that or not,
0: <laughs> definitely. That's uh, right now we're putting together. Um, well, it's it's not public knowledge yet. So it's kind of on the DL, but I are you familiar with my former band Run with It?
1: At yeah, all? actually, um, I went to the last show, the last Run no with shit. It show at the Rhino. Yeah, I was there. That's
0: awesome, but, man! Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, um, come to find out, that's not our last show. So, twenty twenty two.
1: Thanks. Just made me eat my words right, right away. <laughs> no, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's not the full lineup that we were. Daniel and I, the drummer uh, Daniel Cole, is oh, in yeah. it, and then we're adding. I think uh, you've done some stuff with a Matt Richards is actually actually joining the band as lead guitarist and
1: doing. Back wow. So, oh well, then you guys uh, are going to be ripping with yeah with Matt I'm behind. Excited. Yeah, <laughs> that's super it, cool.
0: But yeah, so we're we're gearing up for 2022. We're going to publicly announce all that uh, in January. But one of the things we're doing is we we have the original track because we got new stuff coming out in the summer of 2022. But we're also um, I've been booking a lot of bands in the corporate world, and so we're we're kind of having this like behind the scenes track as well. But I was getting ready to do. Do you know the Lil Nas X song uh, Montero?
1: That's like the new one, isn't it? It's uh,
0: it's like the second like or third album. to newest, um, that came out, but I was charting the song out. I did not know how dirty that song was. And I was like, well, this isn't <laughs> going to work in the corporate market <laughs> Yeah, as much. I was like, I love this song and I don't mind it, but well, damn it. We need something else. <laughs> i like little Nas, look at you. Dirty little guy. I love it. <laughs> oh, well,
1: you're just a marketing genius too. You know,
0: dude, I love like little Nas X is one of the best Twitter follows. He's the, he's like a professional troll and I love it. Like the guy's amazing.
1: <laughs> you know, Twitter is the one, like one of the social media platforms. I just, I, I can't do it. I, they made me start one back in college for a communications course. And okay, I, yeah, for my mental health, I just don't, I don't even mess with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's, I, is it, it's not necessarily, you don't get it. It's more like, Oh yeah, I get it. But it's, it's a cesspool of, of yeah. Insanity. I mean, like I get real.
1: Yeah. Like I, one thing the pandemic taught me was, I mean, I used to be the guy who would get on Facebook. Sorry about that.
0: My, I apologize. Um, My Siri jumped up. She's, I guess when I said insanity, she thought I said Siri. So I missed your, (laughs) your thoughts on Twitter.
1: Oh yeah. She's nosy as hell. Uh, I, you know, I, another, that's actually another piece of technology that I I just can't really live with. Me and her have a sordid history. It's not a (laughs) We probably shouldn't go into it under this podcast, but... Okay,
0: we'll just stick with the Twitter conversation, and
1: it's too deep with the Siri. cuts too deep. Well, really, it was like Facebook and stuff like that. You know, you can uh, get triggered really easily by just dumb stuff you see, and the next thing you know, you've spent... I mean, at least for me, next thing I know, I've spent the next evening, the whole evening, like researching articles and trying to find, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> and I just, with the pandemic, I learned it's like, it's just the biggest waste of time. And I, mm. um, you know, I mean, maybe for some people who really enjoy that or, or feel like they're making, I used to think that maybe I was making some inroads, you know, to some people somehow, but it usually just makes people double down on things and, really, it was just my time. I just like, I just realized that I was wasting a hell of a lot of time getting angry over things that really I can't control. So
0: yeah. And it's funny. I I feel you because I I took almost the same route. Um, like before the whole pandemic thing, there was probably a few years where just online started getting insane for me. I mean, like losing friends and everything turning into fuck you and fuck you. And like my wife literally saying like, she could see, she'd see someone comment to me and she would turn to the other side of the room and look at me and she's like, you know, if you comment back, the rest of the day is gone. Cause you're gonna yeah. spend the entire day. Like you said, like I'm gonna research him, prove him he's wrong. And uh it's actually during the pandemic too. It's just it's like I don't know if it just everything ramped up so hard that I just finally realized it's that same thing. It's it seemed for me a waste of time. And mm-hmm. and again, it was like I'd have hard conversations with people in person and they actually went well. Uh, yes, Like, and not all the time, but mostly would go well, even if it got heated, we still found a way to bring it back down and, and to find common ground where online it was just, yeah. Yeah. It just degrades into fuck you and fuck you. And then, well, no it's real easy.
1: It's real easy to just be, to write something super aggressive, uh, than it is to say it in person, you know, and deal with Absolutely. the emotional, emotional, or even physical, you know, ramifications of those. <laughs> uh, we're all kind of, but, but I mean, in life it seems like is moving more and more towards this digital world. I mean, with the metaverse thing they just announced, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's
0: very intriguing.
1: That might just fall on its face like several other types of things, but I don't. But I think at some point we will be in that. Oh, wait, we will be dealing with a sort of oasis you know, like ready player one style um, situation. And really it's just going to be a matter of how do we navigate that and our real life, you know, and, and we, we see this, we see this already with like people who have parasocial relationships with, you know, you, their favorite YouTuber or their favorite artist, because (laughs) now you can interact with them. I mean, Jesus, like Twitch and all that, the amount of person to person connection is incredible. And, I am gonna get to that at some point. The Twitch is another one where I'm like I like it but I'm like scared because I'm not sure how um I mean it that there's a lot it's just a lot to take in.
0: <laughs> yeah, and are, so and that's more see I know I I don't know much about Twitch myself. Uh, is that more like kind of from the gamer perspective and then there like, I, I think I've seen like Brendan Urie does a lot of it where he's online, like playing games and then talking to fans at the same time. Is that kind of? Yeah,
1: um, it can be. I mean, it really right now that it's just like TikTok's the Wild West. You kind of you make it, you know, it used to be TikTok was just kids cringy, you know, dancing to back making, on musically yeah. when it was yeah yeah making <laughs> I, I signed
0: up for musically and quickly learned there's only 13 year old girls i was like ah this is weird i'm an old man i'm out and then tiktok yeah. came along i was like okay this seems a little better
1: <laughs> well and i was the same i was similar in the sense of like tiktok came out and i was like hey this is kind of cool i was you know uh, and then i was showing people the next thing i know i'm like oh my god i just had like an hour-long binge of like tiktok and it was the same. it's just like this over again. I'm like, I need to get, I need to leave. Like, this is a drug. I need to get this. I need to get this off. So I took like almost a year. I just like de- deactivated it. And I've recently got back on and only because we already have like a size of like 369 followers on it for our band. Nice. So. And it is like the premier place now to market your music. So I'm trying to use it responsibly, right. and <laughs> in in the way of like, can I, you know, use it to create content to to, to breach these people and breach new markets without getting sucked into it, exactly. which is so difficult because usually the first thing, you know, the all you get all it takes is one on one Pringle, and you're just <laughs> through the whole can.
0: Well, one <laughs> thing uh, we noticed early on as Run with it. Um, we started, you know, taking off with the social media became a core part of our strategy. And it it was amazing, like so many opportunities, but all of a sudden, both like Daniel and I were the ones, our drummer were the ones who, who kind of ran it together, mostly him to be honest, but we both had to turn off notifications because all day it's like, ding, 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 which was a great problem to have. Right. But I started noticing I couldn't focus on anything else. Like I would be trying to make lunch for my kids and I'm trying to answer this tweet or I'm trying to get back to this Insta post or whatever it is in And, like, literally all day, all night. And so that was one of the first steps for us to find, like, some mental sanity. And then I was able to schedule time. Like, I scheduled this time to say, okay, this is when I'm going to go actually interact (laughs) with fans and all that. Um, But in in all that conversation around the social media, obviously a a big component of – of what music is. I noticed like one of your titles, like you do several things <laughs> as an artist, but one of your titles is uh, a media, dir- media director for you guys. Right. Or is that what you said? I, I think I have it up here somewhere. Is
1: yeah. You know, so, it's kind of like a hard yeah, word. Media director. To, yeah. It's kind of like a hard word to sort of, um, so, like what's the all-encompassing role that you have you know like if I like to stay front man often but really you know you're also running like I say I run all the social media accounts I'm you know filming making editing color grading all these videos um, you know just sort of and, and running the social media and the emails and all that you know I wear a lot of hats and it's kind of wondering like like what is the title? You know, you can't really boil it down to just one word. It, it is right. like, and you would know too, I'm sure. I mean, like you said, you've, um, you know, you've got your own solo stuff as well, as well as being a father, like, do you, you're like, do I include that in my professional day? Right. I would, exactly. Uh, well, and I,
0: I wonder for you though, like in this whole conversation as being a media director for what you guys are doing, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the other Skills and tools that you build in one to keep your sanity, but also to ensure that you're staying on point and on focus and on brand. I know that's a that's a big question. You can break it up how you uh, want, but
1: super. I mean, it's super important. I think these are all uh, very much things that I've um, I've learned lessons over time. You know, since the inception of playing music and being in bands and. I think now I'm at this, you know, I'm just kind of, you're always kind of growing and learning, but I've kind of gotten myself to a zenith or at least a plat, you know, not a plateau, but like a, a, a power level that I've, uh, that I've never had before. And it's from learning like, Hey, you know, how you work, you know, like, Hey, if I pull up TikTok and it's for anything other than, you know, posting of like having a plan, like I'm going to post this video about the show. <laughs> and that's what, if you do have. If you just go in without that plan, you're gonna get sucked in, and you just know that like you're gonna yeah, that that that's one key. I think another key is, and this is this is something that was tough for me, and is and still something that I struggle with and challenge myself on is uh, the marketing side of it, like not being afraid to market yourself. There's kind of that punk rock mentality of never Too wanting to cool sell to out. And, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then just everything feels dirty. Like, you know, trying to be like, Hey, come buy my t-shirts or my hat or, um, Hey, go watch our, go stream our, you know, go stream our new song or come watch our video. And you just feel like you're just kind of like shooting it out. I mean, you know, like maybe you got friends and family who are excited that you're doing things, but how do you reach people who don't give, don't give two shits about you? And I think that's where you can, you can actually help yourself and them and your band by suggesting by sort of finding what is valuable and what kind of um, what kind of things you can uh, what kind of value you can give to the people in your posts and in the way that you market so that you you feel better about it because you don't feel like you're just, you know, hey go pre save my thing on Spotify because, mm. you know, you're, you should, you know, you, you, you're you <laughs> can sit there and say, me, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. duh. <laughs> But more like, you know, hey, I've, you know, and this is a big part of, like, our brand here with the the not dead yet uh, sort of mantra we've had um, with these new releases was kind of trying to have this resilient sort of, um, I guess, I won't say image, but just, like, you know, this resilient uh, perspective and brand and sort of fire in us to keep, even though, like, everything shut down and even though everything is going wrong that we're just going to, you know, we've been, we've dug ourselves and been thrown into a hole that we're just, we're, we're not dead yet. You can't bury us yet. Cause we're digging ourselves out. And that right. I think a lot of people identify with during the pandemic and stuff was, you know, like seeing all this, see your whole, all of our lives ripped apart and just seeing that this band was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to keep, <laughs> we're, we're still doing this. And nothing's going to stop us. And uh, I think we're starting starting to see kind of, um, you know, starting to see that, you know, again, it, it helps ourselves more than just, uh, just the people that we're branding. Cause I mean, you're telling yourself that, you know, you're not going to give up. You're probably gonna have a lot better chance of making it through. So.
0: Right now for you, was that, was that message born from, through your own personal experience during this time? Is that where it bubbled up?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, I kind of had the idea before all the pandemic stuff happened, because we had issues of, like, loss of members, like, we, you know, we had an original lineup of You, Monster You, that was me, uh, David Owens, Paul uh, Herman, and Andrew McMullen, and they, uh, half the band at, you know, maybe 2019, just started, you know, decided they were kind of retiring, or moving on to different projects, um, in, in music and especially because being an original band's a lot of work and challenge. <laughs> n- yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of credit until you, until you can like really push through. And um, but you know, like they also you know, like one of those also having a kid, you know, just like that kind of stuff that, you know, you understand, like, you're probably gonna have to take some time to really renegotiate your priorities. So I, I have nothing right. against these guys. They're awesome, but it Absolutely. was kind of like uh oh, crap. What are we going to do? You know, we got to find these we got to find new members and that can be difficult you know in especially just finding the right types of people who are motivated and have the right schedules um we finally got you know tyler anderson and jameson Figtree on 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 board and this was shortly after we had actually released chariot our first album in september nice. of 2019 so then we were just all pumped, like, okay, you know, like we practiced all winter, we've written new songs, we've got these great new band members, you know, um, we, we just feel like we've upgraded as a band and, uh, on top of that, we've recovered from hand injuries that we had, that me and David Ooh. both suffered in 2019. Um, I'm going to the details about that, Is but that it was kind of like-, like
0: your boxing, your boxing side hustle that you do. Is that part of it oh
1: no this was just like (laughs) dumb accidents that me and him were in that you know almost like ripped our fingers off it was really just yeah Yeah, that's not fun um his was like a a a tire swing or like a rope swing accident and (laughs)
0: i'm sorry to laugh but a ropes i've never heard of a rope swing so i i I, it was funny. I was watching your video and I saw Dave was in there. And I've actually known Dave forever. I was like, "No shit, Dave's in really? this band. That's awesome." <laughs> I'll, I'll have to message him about that. I was like, a, "A tire swing accident, bro?" But sounds like it was pretty serious. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it was. I think it was a rope swing. Actually, it was a miscredit. And and I'll be honest. He's told me. He's tried to explain to me what happened, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he was going. <laughs> And then, like, he let go, and, like, his hand went down the rope, and then when he came out of the water, his ring finger was sideways. Oh, shit. This is what he was telling me. And he just, like, it was was just gruesome, you know, just, like, story. (laughs) And, you know, so he was out. Oh, gosh. He was out in the, I think it was either late, middle of 2019 or something like that. We had shows, you know, we had to kind of, like, work around it. He had to recover. And, um then we played a show, we played at the right room, and then like that night, um, I smashed my ring finger in my left hand in my car, the car trunk, uh, loading gear out. That's it was brutal. awful. Um, and it was just almost perfectly timed because the next show that we had was like a, like enough space for me to actually be able to like, you know, recover and play that show. We're talking right. like a month or two, and it was like I was still very. It was still very much like, oh my god, I am I going to be able to play? Because like <laughs> right now, my finger is numb, is, is just numb, and I have still have scar tissue, and I couldn't. You know, it took. Right. It was you uh, know super super scary for for both of us, I'm sure. Um, so all of this losing band members, getting hand injuries. Finally, we got the new band together. Let's do this. Let's go. We got shows. First shows with um, Dangerously Biased out in Hayes at uh on the March 23rd. And then wouldn't you Damn. know it?
0: Right. <laughs> the March week 23rd. before.
1: <laughs> the week before we just watched as like everything's like, oh, you can only have a hundred people. Oh, you can only have fifty people. Oh, you can only have ten people. And it's just like just watching it just oh, slowly man. everything just fall apart and yeah, I think at that point, you know, we were all kind of like, "Hey, this is going to be, you know, two months. Let's lock down. Let's make this do this right. Like all we have, you know, all we have to do is just, you just know, get through this down. short
0: little period is all we thought. Right, right,
1: right. And and everything will be okay. We'll, we'll have a pint over at the the Star, whatever they whatever that is in that Sean of the Dead. It was all blow over. <laughs> but uh clearly that's not what happened and things just progressively got worse for everybody you know in right. all kinds of ways and so um with the band you know we took we took that time away from each other but you know it was kind of you know everyone was kind of sort of restructuring your priorities again you know like how do we exactly. what are the things that we need to do and for me it was i you know, I've, I, have i am used to this type of thing being the thing that kills a band, you know, and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. that's, this sucks. We just got these new guys. We may never even get to play a show with them because who knows how long it's going to be. But I kind of, again, kept telling myself with this, you know, we're not dead yet. Let's this, this mantra of mine, you know, I'm going to stay resilient. We're going to punch our way through this. And, um, and hopefully people will see that too, and really uh, take some inspiration and, motivation out of that too. And so
0: it's cool to hear it. And it sounds like you guys were almost developing your resilience muscles uh, before the the pandemic hit. And so that in a way it's, it's like a, a a powerful place to be, even though I imagine it was really hard moment, but it sounds like you were almost preparing for that, that, that concept of resilience. Is it something that that is, uh, like, obviously you're going through that before COVID, but I guess, where did that concept come from? Is it, is there like, was there a quote? Was there a book? Was there a parent, um, or a friend who, who spoke that into you or something? I don't know. Uh, just came out of the ether for
1: you. Um, you know, I've, I feel like I've, mean, I've always been a pretty fiercely independent type of person. Um, even as a child, I mean, my parents could tell you some funny stories about about that. Um, and I think, I think usually when I'm thrown some thrown into despair, or into like in this case, literal isolation. Um, you know, I even had like a, quite a bit of like personal, uh, interpersonal, like I guess I- isolation during that time. Um, mm-hmm. Friends and partners who just really. Um, you know, you would you, you ever the world over was telling you to lean into these people, and the people that I had been with for those three last like three years all of a sudden weren't there, and it was kind oh, of man. like,
0: am sorry to hear that,
1: yeah, you know, and it's not there's I'm not you know this huge victim, everyone's got everyone suffered, and you know, I was lucky enough, I didn't lose any like my family, I had to still mm-hmm. had a safe job the whole time, you know, there's a way people had it way worse, but you were still straight, you know, you're still punched in the gut, and it was kind of like. Right. I don't know if it's just in me that anytime I'm faced with that kind of, um, despair, I usually just see there's only, you know, there's only three roads. You go either when I'm a victim, I'm going to put this on blast. Like I'm going to make all these people, you know, um, pay for it literally, or I'm going to escape through, you know, substances or video games and whatever, or I'm just going to, you know, Take this, this anger, this, uh, this sort of insecurity, even an invalid invalidation, and I'm going to prove you know I'm going to prove them wrong, but not to prove them wrong. I'm going to prove them wrong to prove myself. I guess. Oh yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that you know. You really have, and I think that was the biggest lesson of the pandemic. Is you know when you're faced with uh, no, you know, having no one, no one in your box, in your batter's box anymore, what are you going to do? Are you, you know, are you going right. to, and that, yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not saying I'm like this super David Goggins level type guy. <laughs> stay hard.
0: Right. But right. Like, and I, I love David Goggins, but I just, I can't bring myself to tell people at the gym to stay hard. Cause it seems really weird. Cause I feel like I'm telling them something way different and it just feels awkward, but I love David Goggins. Mm-hmm. The guy's great. Yeah.
1: Well, that was one thing, you know, like you, you can listen to him and get sort of very much motivated if you're in like, you know, it can, he can really pull you out of the lower areas and get you up, you know, get your head above water. So then you can start yeah. taking action in your own things, you know? Um, like for example, I mean, he's a great example for this because he's a, you know an ultra marathon runner. Um, when we were, when everything was going on during the pandemic and I just had all this mental, just, uh, you're just shit, just like this sucks. All the <laughs> things, all the things I'd like to do, I can't do all the outlets that I would use to, you know, rise above this are gone. I, what do I do besides just sit in my room and try to write my feelings out? It yeah. was, uh, there that I, kind of hilarious to me sort of rediscovered running, uh, long distance
0: posts about that. So that's cool, man.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I wasn't like in terrible shape or anything like that, but about time July came in, I just sort of realized that I was just like, you know, just kind of eating a bunch of comfort food, playing video games, just again, just thinking like, Hey, you know, it's only gonna be a couple months. Let's just, you know, I was actually kind of like, relieved. I was like, oh, this is actually a chance to kind of like slow things down. You know, Chariot was a bit of a burnout. And so it's nice to be able to just like slow things down and uh, sort of press the reset button here. But then it ended up being about in middle of July. I was like looking at the mirror, going, "Like, I'm not, I can't keep doing this. Like, we got to, we got to take that route. <laughs> yes. We got to find, <laughs> we, we got to move towards that other thing. And uh, like, I've done cross country in high school. So you had some background with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I'd done, I think freshman, sophomore year. And I always kind of liked, I always liked it in the sense that, you know, I wasn't like a super fast sprinter. I wasn't a, uh, you know, I, and I wasn't like a super fast, long distance runner either, but I felt like I could run longer than other people, than, than most people, like where other people would say, uh, I've had enough. I just be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go another <laughs> gonna two miles.
0: going, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: like you, you know, I got I got all day, and <clears throat> that is a um, again kind of like I think a, a skill that I mean it's not even a skill. I you know, like it's just just some you some people have it. In you know, a, I like-
0: in a way, I almost feel like it's it's a a skill of focus um, of learning how to focus through that. Cause it's funny, like our story in the pandemic is actually fairly similar. Although mine wasn't as much comfort food, as much as a uh, comfort whiskey and comfort wine. And oh, then I started smoking sure. again because I, uh, I love clove cigarettes and oh. like one of my favorite things. And I started smoking them a ton cause I, I don't normally and just with singing and, and all that, I just couldn't keep up but here i am you know drinking every night smoking cigarettes again <laughs> and i'm like it's kind of like you said there was this moment of like i can't keep doing this and oddly enough it was dave goggins i bought that book uh, you can't hurt me <laughs> and i was working a little landscape job at the time and just making money and and i list all i would do is just listen to that during the day while i'm like hauling rocks around and shit like that and and I was like, you know what? And I wasn't even a runner. I had never ran over five miles in my entire life. And then next thing you know, I just started going and going and going. And it it put me on a journey. We've talked about it, uh, behind the scenes, but that, that journey of ultra marathons and triathlons and all that. And yeah, it's, that's, it's pretty cool that you were inspired by a similar, (laughs) similar endeavor and just saying, um, and I think it's amazing though, that like, for me, I've been reflecting, I'm glad I can look back and see like, those were the accomplishments that I was able to make during that time. I think it's amazing that you decided to step out in that same journey. So, so you started mm-hmm. into the running and, and what did that feel like at first where you're like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. Or you're like, Oh damn, it's been a minute.
1: <laughs> um, honestly, like it really wasn't that hard to get back into it, but it, it, it was, it was more like, Oh my God, I need to get out of the house and I need to go back be with my brain, you know, kind of like David Coggins says, he's just like, you know, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I was running without music. I was like, you know, there's a lot of shit in my head right now and I need to go, I need to go come compete, come to peace with it. Cause that anger that, you know, can really be useful in a lot of things if you you know use it, but it also, you know, it, it also you know bleeds all over you and you end up, you know, you end up really, really wet at the end of, you know, the terrible <laughs> metaphor, but I mean, you just kind of like, you know, you can't live with that type of stuff. You have to let go of, of, of all that, of all those things, you know, the you know, betrayals or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, right. you, you can't let that, um, define you, you, you get to define you, obviously. I mean, you know, this is cut and dry Tony Robbins type stuff, but I mean, it's, <laughs> It, you have to kind of, you know, yeah, people can tell you this, but like, usually you have to find it yourself, you know? Um, and that's what's great about Goggins is maybe he can steer you in that direction. Um, but no matter how many times he tells you to stay hard, you have to tell yourself. And so, right. yeah, getting out there, uh, getting out there and running was, was really great. And I think I was kind of looking for things to look forward to, Such Mm as, you know, I hadn't done like a a race, like a 5k or anything in, you know, since high school. So it wasn't just like, I'm just going to go run, but it's like, here's something I can go work towards. And, you know, I logged a bunch of miles and, uh, ended up running, you know, a couple 5k's and then a 10k, uh, last year and, Placed in damn near all of them. Um, damn,
0: that's awesome. So I was,
1: and I don't know if that was just like you know a lot less people with you know COVID <laughs> and all that.
0: No, you just accept that win. Accept it, man. You you have that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Either way, I was very you know. Either way, the numbers don't lie. You know, I got it was mm-hmm. like they did the Long View uh sick Long View ten k last November, and I got tenth overall in that, and I crushed nice. my time goal. And it was one of those runs where it was like really kind of tough at first. You're kind of like, this is, this is it, here we are. And then there was some battling with a nut with one person kind of in the first, you know, quarter, first nice. third of the race, you know, like they passed me, but then like, I just kept focusing on my breathing and then next thing I know I'm catching up, I'm passing them. And then that second, you know, like third, I guess that third, fourth of the race where the, the, uh, the, the runner's high kicks in, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, <laughs> the
0: endorphins and like, everything's great.
1: <laughs> yes. And I, I had that, it was like that drug moment where you're just like, this is the peak. And you're just like, yeah. Oh my God, I feel amazing. I, this is what I was meant to do. I am, I mean, look where I've come and, you know, I could have done so many things and here I am just slapping this pavement. And I haven't seen anybody pass me, you know. Like now I'm just, you know, and that's it's just amazing, beautiful, man. And it's beautiful. Longview Lake, and then that last mile was hell. It was yep. absolute, <laughs> it was absolute hell. Wind coming through, but I was like, I gotta get this. I can't go over eight minutes. And I, I got seven fifty nine on that last mile, nice. and was just like, thank God. I mean, like I don't know. I may have emotionally broke down if I couldn't, <laughs> if I hadn't made that. But that's amazing, man. And and
0: I love that. And it's so true. You get that high and then it's like, you feel like you can go forever. And then all of a sudden the wall hits and you're like, fuck,
1: when is this over? Right. And that's when, yeah, that's when you start hearing Goggins. (laughs) (laughs) You you got 40% left, 40% left. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I like his cookie jar metaphor as far as like getting into, uh, you know, digging into things that you've accomplished in the past. And now that's that race is now like, a great thing that I pull from when I'm mm-hmm. struggling in races that I'm doing now. I've actually been long view. Well, this is going to be released, you know, six, four, six weeks in the future. Yeah, this will
0: probably come out like mid December or end December something like that. So
1: cool. Um, but in real time right now, the, um, in podcast world right now, well, it, will... <laughs> next week, like
0: kind of the metaverse, I guess. It's like a yes. whole other universe timeline
1: that we're going through. And Zuckerberg's probably listening somehow. Um, oh, you know it. <laughs> we've, uh, the, the long view is is this weekend, uh, the, uh, the, okay. the 10K. And I'll be doing that again. I don't have, I haven't trained as hard as I did during the pandemic. So I don't expect, but I have my goals and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm sure it will feel very similar even, <laughs> even just trying to hit those. So. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. That cookie jar uh, metaphor. It also reminds me of thing. Uh, are you familiar with Daniel Pink?
1: Um, At I don't think so, he's, no. a,
0: he's a, a writer, business writer, like branding writer. And, uh, I think his his book is it's called to sell as human. And it's a great book. It's kind of like where he examines how selling has completely changed and, and morphed within the last decade. Uh, but one thing he, he calls it is the Bob, the builder mentality. And instead of like positive thinking, uh, he, he goes back to like, he's like, it's silly. It's a kid's show, but in Bob, the builder, are you familiar with it? at all.
1: Oh yeah. I you mean, I'm just watched it, but yeah.
0: <laughs> but he, basically, you know, can, he says, can you fix it? And they, they all yell, yes, we can. And, and that concept sticks with me all the time. Cause he, he said, it's more about going through and saying like, like, you know, if I'm getting ready to go into a recording session, it's like, instead of thinking like, Oh, you're awesome. You're a rock star or whatever. You just think like, can I do this? And then I look back and say, yes, I've been practicing. I've been running my drills. I've, I've got the song down. I know the melody, you know, and, and go back. Here's the real things that I, I prepared. And it's like, like, can we fix it? Yes, we can. We know we can because we're looking back. And it, it reminds me a little bit of that, that cookie jar uh, mentality as well. It's like pulling on those pieces. And, Absolutely. and it was really helpful for me because sometimes, uh, like the positive kind of vibe, positive is great. And I think there's a way to like build yourself up through that, but, and then pessimism often can destroy you, but it's like, where's that real, like a a reality based way to help you excel in performance, whether it be athletically or musically or business wise. Um, yeah, I love that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you know, again, I think there's, there's times and places for anger, you know, I, I think I with the abandonment that I sort of felt during that time, I remember thinking like, "This is you know, I was just sort of hyper fixated on um, you know what happened and why it was happening and what these people and what I expected to happen." And um, and I think, um, oh man, I kind of lost my train. My train there. The I that all you know all those feelings sort of rush back when you're just like when you're thinking about these 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 times. I yeah. think the, that preparation you are just talking about, can we fix this, this preparation really, uh, is the cure for that type of anxiety. And then, oh, and then y- y- taking that, ang- you know, that anger has a place. Cause it's like, you, you know, it's, it's not it invalid. Yeah. yeah. It
0: can be a fuel. That's for
1: sure. Absolutely. I mean, we've got some great fuck you songs coming up in the <laughs> works here, <laughs> but, uh, There's a,
0: have you heard that song? A, B, C, D, F, U
1: no no (laughs) check it out
0: it's fucking amazing (laughs) and there's another artist she's got a fuck you song that it's yonaka i believe Uh it's she's like my new favorite artist sorry i kiboshed your story but i've been trying trying? to tell anyone i can about her not that she needs it i mean she's already pretty large on her own but i was happy to discover it's yonaka and she has Oh, I can't remember the name of the song right now. I have to pick it up. But yeah, and then oh, ABCD. You're not the artist, okay. Yeah, and then uh, ABCD FU. I think it's by an artist named Gail. And anyways, if if mm-hmm. you got some fuck you songs coming out, those those can uh, ride light of, ride alongside with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like I like the idea of being able to take sort of the best of both worlds. Like the the phrase "fuck you" very much, you know, is very uh, <laughs> is very a- apt in the sense of like you know you you can you know there's all this negativity and stuff but like you don't want it to be the main you're not trying to lean into it necessarily it's just there and you're dealing with it um you know we've had there's a song called matches that we're working on right now and it's very much just like the the, this is it's the we're the burn bridging song this is you know Take it or leave it. This is what you get. And the best part, I think, is at the end, I say, hope you had fun, which is just, you know, really <laughs> the way that you, you should handle these situations. You don't need to put someone on blast. Um, you don't need to, you know, be super vindictive. I mean, you know, towards somebody, maybe, maybe if your success, you know, if you, if you just like, I'm doing this and it fuels me to succeed in my own life, then, you know, you kind of use it. But again, that energy that, that, that is a, a hard burning, dirty fuel to, to, to go off and it will get your engine going, but you know, eventually you're gonna have to clean that shit out. And so
0: (laughs) that's a great analogy. I love that that with the fuel. I love that. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is like, can you be in control of it? Um, can you guide it? And it's funny cause I, it's our, our pandemics, it sound like we wrestled with a lot of similar things. I actually wrote a burning the bridge song uh, where the lyric was, uh, I'm burning the bridge and building it backs on you. And it's like this mm-hmm. concept of, of it doesn't mean we may never, we'll never maybe see each other again. It just means that you got a lot of fucking work to do to burn, to build that back because I'm not even trying at this point. And, Mm -hmm. but it was like all this anger and rage I had in me and learning how it was affecting me negatively. But again, like, how can you get control of it? Almost like, you know, ball it up and then direct it to the right things. And in a way it's helped me ultimately let that go. Not, I mean, I still wrestle with it. It's not like I'm anger free, but it, uh-huh. I think through that journey over about a year and a half or wrestling with that of like, okay, how do I control it? How do I funnel it? And then even starting to see it almost dissipate into something new, uh, like whether you call it uh, healthy ambition um, or passion, I don't know. Uh,
1: Yeah. One, one thing just, just to totally fuck up your entire thing here. I've I've been, (laughs) I've been, I've been kind of wrestling sometimes the idea of like, Hey, did like my writing and all this like arts and creativity and all this stuff that I've done to build uh, myself out, you know, from out of the hole and onto the next, the new level, the new, you know, this even better Trent than I ever was. Um, how much of that was what I was doing and how much of it was just time passing, you know, it's kind of like, how could you ever know? And then, so you're just like, well, shit, (laughs) Well,
0: time passing. Uh, I'm so do you mean like time passing, like you would have gone through that same aha in a way or not being intentional?
1: Um, It just, just the feeling, just feelings and stuff just dissipating, you know, just being, could be, or just because of the very nature of time. But I think I can look back and be like, you know, I've had experiences where I've, where things got, you know, things got crappy. And maybe I held on to, you know, something for way too long, you know, like looking back, just like, wow, I was like, so upset about that thing for like, you know, a year. And it really wasn't that big of, it really wasn't even like that long or big of a thing. And then now it's like, wow, we just had like probably arguably the worst year of my life. And, you know, after about six months of just like really, you know, just focusing on myself, like I'm, you know, I don't feel as bad as I thought I, as, as I've ever been before. And I've right. really, really gained a lot from, you know, um, from these experiences, mostly focus, mostly, you know, again, with the reverting back to Facebook and Twitter you know, we live in this full circle. You, you live in this, we live in this world of distractions. In fact, I don't, I have no clue how you are, are able, were able to do all the things you did <laughs> while having kids, while creating creative in several different ways, entrepreneur. I I mean, like, I you know, I'm tooting my own horn, but your horn is a goddamn tuba, man. I mean, like-
0: <laughs> well, th- thanks. It's funny. Cause, uh, one of, one of the other guests, uh, Chris in his episode comes out, um, soon. And he asked me, he's like, how the hell are you doing all these things? And I actually, I, I looked at him via zoom and said, well, I'm not, uh, I am learning. There was basically I was running and going, and it's kind of a theme of my life where I start feeling the wheels start like rattling and like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, where I used to wait for the, all the wheels to fully fall off and just completely burn out. But luckily this time I started noticing and, uh, there was a quote, it's really the last few months I've been digging deep into this. Is it says, uh, uh, damn it, what's his name? He wrote a book called Relentless. Tim Grover is his name. Um, and he says, don't manage your time, manage your focus. Yeah. And it, it fucking, it, it sounds so simple, but for me, it's like me, I have my calendars, have all my blocks and stacking shit and doing all that. and um, But all of a sudden it just, it was like, oh, okay. And it's like, I realized I had to start like assessing, oh, I can only do this much and I can do this, but it has to have these parameters or, oh no, I can't do this. Cause it does not fit in with what mm. I want to do. And so, yeah, that's, I'm in a a world where like, even the endurance sports, I fell in love with it over COVID. Um, and I'm realizing there's no way in hell I can keep it up now as music starts popping off more and more. And as the kid stuff keeps building, um, I'm like, okay, so I got to push that aside or, or do it smaller. Like, why don't I just do an Olympic distance, uh, race instead of trying mm-hmm. to do a full Ironman. And I don't even know if I could have time again, unless there's another pandemic or, um, I'm retired. Uh, at that you shut, cause... you
1: shut your damn mouth. Don't even <laughs>
0: <laughs> cause that, that, I mean, it's like when you have five to six, seven hour workouts for a day, like, I don't know how people fit that in with regular jobs. I could do it. Cause pandemic, like you said, mm-hmm. all of us were like, "What the fuck else are we going to do? Um, but, yeah, I it's that don't manage your time, manage your focus has has helped me actually be happier um, yeah. and still accomplish things that I really want. Um, but realizing there are some peripheral things that I was starting to work on that I'm like, you know what? I need to shut those things down. And it's okay because I want the wheels to keep – I want to go fast. I really right. do. And that's just who I am. The pandemic was great to slow down for a while, but, man, I started getting antsy. I learned a lot of things, but I was like, I need to start building shit again. It's just, mm-hmm. I know that about myself. I want to go fast, but I definitely don't want the wheels to ever fall off like it did in the past. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been a huge, uh, wrestling for me and trying to find a place where I could find joy, find time with my kids, find time with my wife, and then still build the things, um, the way I, uh, the, build the things I'd, the way I'd like to build them. Yeah.
1: And I can tell you, you're the type of guy, um, who like me probably has like a fierce, not just like independence, but also kind of like a, the the ethic of like, no one's going to fight your battles for you. No one's going to do, yeah. you know, the work for you. Um, you know, I think I learned that lesson, you know, um, back in high school, in high school bands, I had, you know, a band with like my best friends and it was really great. And I really looked up to like our guitarist and he, um, he was just so talented he had he was so creative and um you know it was just like this whiz on auto engineering to me it was just like and he was he was like a year older than me i was just like man this guy is just like like w- with him we're gonna i'm gonna you know we gotta ride we gotta ticket it to ride that we're gonna be we're gonna be that band because <laughs> we're just so much better than everyone else and then i actually ended up moving to seattle after college to go be in bands with him and Yeah. And I was like, really excited. I was like, you know, this is just manifesting destiny here, you know? Um, (laughs) But what ended up happening instead is we kind of like, we couldn't really get anything off the ground. And there's several reasons, you know, like our schedules are kind of sort of A and B. And um, I feel like you know, we talked a bunch about like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing. You know, we're going to do this, you know, like, oh, here's this riff I was working on. That's super cool. That's a like,
0: badass riff, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, you know, it's, and he had another band because he had moved up there a long time ago, or not a time ago, but like, you know, a couple of years before me. And so we like built this, you know, we sort of like not, I didn't hand build it, but you know, like his, uh, we, we, I was living with him and uh there was a studio that we had sort of like built you know they had even contractors involved and all this whole thing Mm -hmm. and all this was built up and in that time span our like friendship started to stagnate because i was like things weren't happening he had another band that he was was playing shows and he was recording with and he made the studio and i was here i was like i'm here i'm the guy i came to seattle to come to do this (laughs) with you and it, and it was like, hey, so when we so now that the studio is open, I'm going to record the the new album for you know this band, and then we can start our thing. And I'm just like, that's going to be another year. Damn, I've been here yeah. three years and nothing's happened. I can't do this. And that's and and then you know I, I had my own side of this. You know there was things I was doing that I you know weren't gelling with him, and uh, you know and so we had to split, and I moved back. To kansas i uh yeah. decided on kansas city and because it was close enough for my parents but it wasn't quite wichita um, <laughs> nothing against wichita now it's definitely gotten a lot better but like when i was you know when i was in high school there wasn't a whole lot to do there and um so KC seemed like the obvious choice and at that point i was just like I, this that tr- that sort of you know um you know what is it not not stepping stone but that sort of like roadblock now I just smashed through. like I'm going to make a band I'm going to be the front man for it I'm going to take no prisoners I'm going to do everything I need to do to make this exist because I'm no longer going to rely on him or anybody else you know I'm going to have my band members but like you know I'm not going to expect them to book shows to do really anything. Cause I just kind of figured like you <laughs> know just show up as long as they show up and play the instruments and we write good together, write right well together. We get along. That's all I needed. I would take, take the reins from there. Um, which then ended up being another lesson when we wrote, ch- wrote and recorded our first album chariot, you know, we succeeded mm. at this. You're like, hell yeah, we made it happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, but then the burnout came, which I think is probably what you're probably familiar with. Right. Um, the, Um, sort of trying to do everything and (laughs) not feeling like you have people in your corner, you know, and not that these guys weren't, you know, good guys and weren't there, but I mean, like, I just had, I I had such a stranglehold on Mm. the project because of that sort of trauma of feeling like, you know, I can't rely on anybody. I have to do this myself. Um, so therefore you inadvertently sort of like keep people from being involved you know they you become very stubborn in your ways and very much um not open to new ideas unless you're just like you know okay that you know let's just really really you agree with it right away you know that sort of thing right. well so that's a, you... a
0: spot i was having a oh go ahead
1: i got you author no no you're good i want to hear you only hear from you man. well i It's funny,
0: as I have a conversation, uh, excuse me, I was having a conversation earlier today uh, with another artist, and we were talking about, like, it's like asking for uh, people's opinions. And it's like, I want other people's opinions, but I want the people's opinions that I trust. It's like, everyone can have an opinion, you know? So if I'm going to send a mix to someone to review, I need to trust that they understand what's happening. They understand what the process is and, and there's an intention behind that. And so it's like, I'm, I'm seeing more and more um, like for me, my passion is leadership uh, as well. And I love the idea of leading a group and, and building people in, but I've had to come to this point where it's like, I'm going to, like you're saying, like, I want to completely own where I'm going, like, like end of the day it all, if it succeeds or fails, if it's my fault, Um, but I want to build a team around me, but it's, but I'm seeing like, I need a team that I trust people that Mm -hmm. I know are on the same page as me, people that I know, um, that that we're running in the same direction. They may not have the same level of ownership. I wouldn't even expect them to, you know, (laughs) kind of like, it's like, if your job is to show up and play base, just show up and play base. And that's cool. I just need you to execute that at the greatest level. And then coming to a place where it's just, it's just become man, hopefully this doesn't sound cocky, but like, it's become unacceptable to align myself with folks who aren't running in that same direction uh, when it comes to being on the team, because it's like, this is where I'm going. I want you to go with me. I love you. I care about you, but this is where I'm going. And if Mm -hmm. you can't take the steps to get there, like this business relationship at least has to change and it has to shift. And and it's like that's why i even hear like where you were talking about you know going to seattle where you finally hit this point where you're like bro this shit ain't happening i and you like you took that ownership and said i you know maybe you still love that person and still connected to them but it's like as far as business goes and as far as music goes something else got to happen you know and, and yeah. that's been kind of where where i've i've gotten to cuz i look back and reflect there's some some decisions i made because i wanted to to not hurt someone's feelings or whatever it was. And it's like, but it actually stifled the vision of where it was going. And I think there's a way to do both to love people and it doesn't always go well, but to say those hard things, um, get, hopefully get people on the same page, but, but also move forward. And yeah, you're juggling, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, you're, that's, it's, 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 you have to almost caveat with, does that make sense because it is (laughs) such a fine balance of, I can't, you know, I have to, uh, push forward. I have to do the things that I need that I need to do to make this, you know, for, because maybe you don't even really, you know, maybe you're the one that has those skills and that's, you know, that's, 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 right. that's, you know, it's not like I had to expect, um, you know, Dave, we love Dave. He's, he is the Zen master, the voice yeah. of reason, you know, <laughs> but you can't expect the voice of reason to be the video editor because he just doesn't have that experience, <laughs> and, you know, exactly. And, you know, or the marketing type. Cause he's just, he's so humble. It's really hard for him to be like, you know, to even say, Hey guys, come check out my, you know, come to our show. <laughs> like, you know. um, so, and I think when you're aligning with people, you know, being in a band is like being in a relationship with four fuss, five dudes, you know, yep. and it is all the same things that you have in a relationship like You know, uh, uh, with with a partner that, you know, as far as communication, uh, give it takes, the uh, boundaries, you know, it is is all those things. And instead of like, you know, romantic stuff, it's we're playing music and we're making this incredible art, you know? There's no
0: cuddling at the end of the night. It's like if you you get in a fight in the van in your back of the hotel at the next gig, like after the next gig, it's like we're all like, "Yeah, fuck you too." But (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, yeah, it it is almost like you're married to everyone. Like there was two years with Run with Mm -hmm. It. I saw the Run with It guys more than my own family. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Crazy to say, but it's just that reality. And yeah, it being on the same page is is paramount.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and building those bonds with people is actually really awesome too. You know, like, I think, like I'm still really great friends with the, you know, like the the friend in Seattle, you know, I've, I've sent him mixes of our new stuff, you know, and we still kind of talk here and there. And, um, Paul and Andy, you know, like they came to our show, they come to our shows. They're still really great. Yeah. There's, you know, that there's that side of it, you know, like not holding those grudges. Cause again, it's just, it just toxic as to you um not to mention you just miss out on like you know you know sometimes people just there's people you need to kick out of your life and they need to you know you need to not right. you need to tell yourself not to um <laughs> let them back in but guys like you know those guys were great they all you know did things the right way you know they sat us down and dave just did too you know he's uh oh i might be spilling the beans here but dave is actually uh Moving on to uh, new things in his life as well, so he's oh. going to finish out this year with us. But oh, okay, then, gotcha. Yep, but then we're going to have to figure out, you know, a new basis situation. The um, elusive bass players. I guess he's already announced on on, <laughs> on social media him and his him and his new wife are having a kid. So I think you know it just makes sense that he's you know he going to you know shift his priorities to that and i think you know i wish him the best and he was really great to be like hey we're gonna you know i'm gonna finish this record i want to you know finish out the year of shows but you know you guys the new members you know we are bloodthirsty for you know more shows and more opportunities and more you know just building this this brand and this band that he doesn't want to be in the way you know and i think um i respect that and i respect him for you know, the way he, uh, he's handled the whole situation because I've definitely seen worse, you know, worse. (laughs) Right. Well, it sounds like he's leaving well,
0: like there's, there's a way, Mm -hmm. like I've, I've had, uh, all sorts of situations where, uh, I didn't handle all of them the right way. Some, I feel very good about how I handled them and, and then, and then there's always that other aspect of how people leave themselves too. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's always better when people can, can run that way and yeah, and long-term, you know, builds those relationships, which is cool.
1: I think one thing that Dave really taught me was sort of, he was really great. He's really great at listening. He's really great at understanding and sort of meeting you where you're at. Um, and that was something I kind of struggled with. I was always kind of like, well, obviously this is you know obviously this is superior like what i don't know why you're over there you know where he would be like okay so so here's so that's that's that have you tried this you know what if you know could you consider and he was just he's just really great about that and it's something i want to take moving forward in the band is uh, sort of loosening my grip on um, you know, like sort of the creative aspects of the world, you know, a lot of the work I'm still going to have to, you know, I still feel like I'm just going to have to, you know, you have to do because you have to do, you know, it's this tight balance of pushing yourself to do those things and you get done. But also I'm really excited, you know, to avoid burnout, I'm actually like really excited about letting our new members have more of, uh, more pull in our sound and what moving forward. Yeah. And that I'm really excited about, Mainly because I'm I'm out of ideas, and (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean they're just incredibly talented guys, and I think this is where I would like. I don't think I've had more talented musicians in the time that I've ever played music, and I want to capitalize on that. I want to double down on those guys' ability. Um, Tyler is this absolute monster um, zoomer with uh, he hates I call him that, but it's true. He's 22 (laughs) years old. Somehow we. Yeah. He is just this, I, I mean, he's that. an engineering student. He is an audio engineer. He's actually the one that is, nice. I mean, we, worked with, we worked with Matt Richards on um, iron and um, he's done a lot of mastering for us and some, and helped us in certain ways and stuff. But like our awesome. goal, and I, I, yeah, and I, our goal with, you know, was always to get self-reliant to get self where well, yeah. we're tracking, you know, I track the, track the instruments with everybody here and then, Send it to Tyler, who then mixes it, and then we just can create everything in house. And so that was something that we're really we were really just working towards with these first three releases. And now I think we're finally getting like we're getting comfortable. We know like where what we need to do to make those things happen, and that's really exciting. And so I think moving forward, you know, taking the stuff that like um, Tyler's really good at and the music styles that Tyler has grown up with are very very different than um my own Uh, and so allowing him to permeate into the band um i'm i'm really excited you know i'm really excited for because he has that abilities he has that talent that we can you know we we should capitalize on and the same goes for jameson the other guitarist you know he's i mean he is actually you know uh, he's gone on tours he's been like he's the actual musician as far as you know the (laughs) resume goes you know he's he's actually toured he's been in bands that you know either got signed or damn near signed, but we're like, you know,
0: so he's lived that life a bit.
1: He has, you know, he's lived the rock star life. And so he comes with a great amount of knowledge and experience that neither of us act that neither, neither me Tyler, or even maybe Dave, you know, have, and, you know, his creative ability on the guitar and just showmanship, you know, it's like, you just can't, it would be stupid not to let, you know, let these guys in, you know, and just, keep trying to make it the Trent Munsinger show. Like,
0: no. <laughs> right. I, well, yeah. and it, uh, are you familiar with the writer? I'm, I'm a nerd. Uh, but are you familiar with a writer named Jim Collins? Uh, good to great is one of his books.
1: No, uh, not
0: so he has a book called good to great. And, um, I probably talked about this book way too many times on the podcast anyway, but he, he has this concept of, of developing great companies, uh, that they did through like years of research. And they just said, they, they call it getting the right people on the bus and then, and then find it getting them in the right seats. So that's what it sounds like. You guys are in the process of like any great business. Which at the end of the day, you know, like these songs are part of our hearts, but we exist in this real real business world yeah. <laughs> of music. It's it's about finding the right people and then finding that putting them in the right roles. And I that sounds great. Uh, I yeah. Like I'm even in as I build some. Some other things um, right now, processing through similar things of, you know, what, one, how do I get myself in the right seats and make, get myself out of the seats that I'm shitty at, And <laughs> uh, <but laughs> yeah. uh, who are the people that again, are on the same page that, that are running in the same direction uh, and where can we get them on the right seats? And then how do we make it valuable? you know, for everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. but man, I, I look forward to more conversations in the future, but, um, I got to land the plane here soon, but I want to dive <laughs> into the last two questions, uh, live and create podcast. Uh, the last two questions based off that. So, uh, the first one and right now in your life, how would you define living a great life?
1: Oh, yeah. I've, I've wrestled with that for a bit while, just cause I knew that that was, coming i you know because i think if you would have met me a couple years ago i would say just long-term consistent happiness just and being uh you know finding what that is and where it's at and i i almost don't even know sometimes it's more complicated than that because sometimes you just can't you know sometimes you're just not happy (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) and so and i'm not saying and and i still think that those feelings are kind of like like you know, you are kind of the architect of those feelings. If you, if you put yourself in situations where you're going to be upset, or if you put, you build your life into us into a way where you're going to find unhappiness, you know, you, you, you're with the wrong people, that sort of thing. You know, you really do have to then get back and say, Hey, this is, you know, I did this, this was my, my choice. And, and, and live through that. Um, I think, you know, living a great life is very, um, it is a constant. It's a constant uh, doubling down on yourself, and understanding that again, you know, like you are, you're an individual. You have other people that you're that you know that can bring you uh, meaning in your life, but they can't be the only place that you get that meaning from you have to have a high level of like high level you just you have to have self-esteem you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and accept your flaws accept your piercing you know your um your strengths and um always sort of push forward because i think otherwise you're it's just so easy to get complacent and, and sit in things until they fall apart, you know, or you overwork yourself and then you burn out, you know, it's, it's constant sort of down the line, you know, walk the line that that Johnny cash (laughs) is really, is really apt here. So.
0: (laughs) No, I love that. And really, when you think about um, great artists, it it seems like they're the ones who knew themselves, or at least were willing to dive into themselves the, the most. And Mm -hmm and they knew what they were trying to say and get at and wrestle with. And I think even in that self-acceptance brings you that happiness, but I think brings some of the the best art, even if it's not always uh, a pretty thing that you're accepting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think you Um, had a, uh, well, before you get to your next question, Dave asked me to ask you this, and I think this is apt because you talked about having other people on the bus and finding the right people to roll with. I mean, you were in run with it. You were working with, I arguably big time producers, like, how was that? How did you navigate having people, uh, not in like the musician, like in the band, in the group, in the, yeah. you know, in the squad, how, how did you kind of work with, how'd you, how, how'd you find, how navigate that, I guess?
0: Um, it really, the beginning process was just, again, it was that trust piece, um, to let, like now I don't ever want to work without a producer that's, that has extra like outside input, but again, I have to trust them. I have to trust, one, that they know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> um, and trust, two, that they believe in me. And then I have to trust that they're going to tell me the truth, even if I, even if they know that I don't want to hear it. It's like all three of those things have to be firing. And that's where our, the first producer uh, I had worked with was Josh Gleave, uh, who's out in Nashville. And now he's doing so many awesome things now. It's just built such a great, thing for himself out there. And I learned so much working with him. And that's, it was like, we, we built a relationship and it, it was, it was based off that friendship, but it was also based off of He's like, why are you doing in that doing this in this song? It's ruining the vibe. And this is why it's ruining it. And here's a different option. Why don't you try it? And I said, I don't agree with you, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I trust you enough to try it. And I tried it, And well, damn it, he was right. And it ended up making the song so much better. And it's like, it just, it became, it became one thing after another of, of that, you know, and, and pushback. Like, I love that. I want to have pushback and, and I want people that can deal with me disagreeing with them and arguing with them. And then vice versa, they'll give me the shit back too, Mm -hmm. um, to where we can get to hopefully a better product than I ever could on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it, for me, that, the piece was trust. And, uh, along the way there was a like along the way we had agents and producers and managers, like all sorts of stuff coming around us. And, uh, and that was the other pieces. Don't be afraid to fire people. Um, and that's, that's the harder part, um, where sometimes you have to even, even sometimes you have to fire your friends, uh, especially in this world. And -hmm. there, again, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. (laughs) And, uh, but, but not being afraid to part ways with folks when you realize you're not going in the same direction Uh, because in the end it's better for them. Um, You know, there was, there's one person, uh, and in the very early days of run with it where they just had a completely different bent of creativity and it, it really diluted his creativity and my creativity to try to merge them together anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't mutually edifying. It was like these things need to go in a separate direction. And Hmm. once that happened, even though it was a hard thing and tumultuous to get there, um, he has built some amazing things on his own, which are completely different genre, different vibe, everything than I ever done. And it it freed us up as a band to go full on to the sound that we were trying to develop. Um, I don't know if that fully answers the question. Those are some of the things I learned along the way.
1: I think that's great. I mean, you know, the, it, like you said, it's almost like taking in another band member, and you know you have to. Like in our band, we have a, a 100% try sort of motto. If someone has an idea, we're going to try it. We're idea. never going to be like yep. that's a that's a dumb idea or nah, we're not going to. You know, like nah, like <laughs> we will just try it. We're we'll like just just run it, just see what <laughs> just do what just does. run
0: with it, if you will. I, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> you monster? But it's funny you say that because. Um, I, like I said, I like the pushback and back and forth piece. I think it helps, but, um, we found we would spend an hour, hour and a half arguing about something and just, we, so we had to make a rule that no matter what you could even, we would even voice, I think that's a dumb idea, but we would still have to do it. And we even found, and it was almost more fun as if you said, no, that's stupid, but let's try it. And then you had to like,
1: you eat definitely had to, like,
0: eat your own words when you're like, okay, <laughs> never mind. I was really fucking wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can surprise yourself in your head. Your idea of what something can be can be vastly different than what it is when you actually hear it. So, I think you know the the democratic nature of our band helps us even when sometimes I'm just like, you want to shake your fist at yep. the result. <laughs> you realize, like, overall, it's it's a, a long term good. So, I think you had one more question for.
0: Yeah. The and only thing I would say before I get to that last question is I think that's a piece too. The the trust is probably just the biggest thing and it's, it's not, um, loyalty. I think it's different. Uh, trust is like loyalty. I almost see people who just fall in line, right? Where trust it's like, I trust that, that you're going after the same goal, which is not to make me happy, but we want to make this successful.
1: So mm-hmm. that means
0: I'm willing to fight and you're willing to fight for the best possible outcome, even if it's going to piss one or the other off for a while, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you, you find yeah. a, a thing. And I think that, man, that if to reiterate, I, I probably said it over and over, but that's just such a huge place. And it's a hard place to be as you build a team, uh, around you. And because yeah. it's like, as you you'll see, you'll, you be, you build the band, uh, but then you begin to build the next tier and the next tier you'll, you'll have agents and, and maybe even eventually managers and those kind of things. What in, but everyone having that same focus and that same goal is, yeah, is huge. So. I think it's
1: pretty profound. Like, cause you're right. I mean, like, I feel like our society kind of has this, sometimes they'll put its blinders around words like loyalty, you know, like, Oh, yes. she, wasn't, she wasn't loyal to me. Bro. You know, it's like, right. that is <laughs> wrong way to be looking at it, you know, cause these aren't, um, these are people who have their own self-interests and they, they, that's never going to stop. And if you didn't have, they didn't, um, they wouldn't be capable, you know, people in, in their own respects. And that's, uh, you know, and then, you know, it would feel you wouldn't really be hitting the, the, the points you need to hit as far as like, you know, if you had somebody who was just endless, like you say, an endless kiss up loyal person, (laughs) you're going to, you know, or, you know, you're going to have a, it's going to bite you in the ass eventually. You know, yeah. It feels eat. good for
0: like a month. And then, uh, you figure out you're not accomplishing anything. And it's like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just get my ego stroke. That was great. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> True. But yeah. So
0: the, the last question, uh, off of live and create, how would you define creating great things for yourself right now?
1: Right now. So like before it was always kind of like, I'm just taking emotions and I'm trying to, uh, you know, vent and get myself, um, you know, sort of, be heard and have my um you know my imprint on the world you know this like you know there the was almost like the legacy thought of this um whereas now I think great creating great stuff is a uh, it, it's about taking risks and combating self-doubt you know the sort of uh you know the self-doubt you'd have from like oh I Why would anybody listen to this? Why would I market this? Why would I, you know, why would we um, push this thing forward? Or, you know, you may not think in your head, you're like, well, I, you're you're like, oh, why haven't I emailed this to a bunch of people? And then, or why am I not reaching out? You're like, I should reach out two people to come say hey come to our show not just a facebook invite but like reach out to them make a connection really pull them yeah and pull them in (laughs) and then you realize it's just because you're scared you're scared they're gonna of rejection Mm. like you would if you were on like you know dating or something like on tinder you know like why didn't you you could look at your magic like why didn't you just even message that girl well it's like well she probably goes she's it's like well just do it what do you got you know (laughs) Like, and, and it, it cause re- rejection sucks, but you got, you got to take those risks, you know? And I think one yeah. thing like we, right now we're just doing is, um, taking this huge risk with, uh, a headset, mic, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I, is, I don't know if you've seen that for our live I, show. I think
0: I've seen a picture or two or something along the, along your feed or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a new thing. I've just, it came to my head over time. I was just like, I love playing guitar. Um, I was originally a guitarist before I was ever really even a singer. And I, you know, event just sort of realized like while playing shows and singing, that's like, I really hate being stuck at the mic. You know, I want to move more. I want to be engaged more. I feel trapped. And then I start to feel even more like, you know, self-conscious about what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And then you get included. And I'm like, how do I combat that? Plus I would move around so much that you wouldn't get my, <laughs> yeah, everything would, 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 uh, everything like the mic would cut out. Cause you'd be like singing and then you'd like move your head and then you, you know, the, you'd only get like half of that word. Right. And then, so I was like, well, if I just, shoved this mic in front of my in front of my mouth and it couldn't move and it would stay on my head and I could be that you know that wild man who's headbanging while singing you know just like I jumping around and moving across the stage and engaging with the audience in that way I thought that would just be really rad and I'd love to see that so it was like let's just you know let's try it out and it is a risk because I mean immediately Dave was like I hate it. And it's just like, he was I'm, like, I'm
0: getting strong Garth Brooks vibes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Britney Spears in sync, all the memes, but he really was. He was like, I'm going to leave the band just on, just on me. Like <laughs> just on like the first day that I brought it into practice. And I'm like, come on, man. I spent I like 400 it. bucks on this thing. Just let me try it, you know? Like, Give me
0: we, a minute with it, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were going to play with the sluts Riot Room. This is the last show we played before COVID hit. And I was like, I had just gotten the mic. I was like, this is it. We're going to go we're gonna. It's going to be a blaze of glory. Like, no one's going to ever, have ever seen anything like this. And he was just like, we can't do it for this show. And it was like, we agreed. It was like, okay, well, we will do it in the future, but we won't do it for this show. And so we, we made that, but like now we've been playing with it and I love it, but there's also like, like there's, there's, you know, things you got to kind of work out. Um, like it's cutting out again because my voice is cutting out because, uh, I, I'm still like a UHF, uh, type wireless mic. And, gotcha. you know, I didn't splurge for this, the Bluetooth one, because I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I just right. want to try We're and are just try testing things right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, now I love it. So it's like, it's really hard for me to get away from it. So like upgrading is definitely on the, on the menu, um, so that we don't have those issues. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, just other other things. Oh, like our last show in Hayes. We started the show. We walk out on stage. We had a you know a song playing when we walk out on stage. I go up, I grab my guitar, turn to the drummer, counts in, we just slam in our first note, and I turn around, I go, What's up, Hayes? And I realized I don't have my mic on my head. <laughs> And we didn't set them like Damn. up for me. So like I immediately had to turn around. You're like put out in the, the middle mic. of the ocean at that moment. Like, somebody save me. Yeah. Where is my life preserver? Oh, it's over there. Let's go. So I had to swim over, <laughs> throw that on. All right, how are we doing? What's up? But you know, it's just, you know, that's a moment you know, though. You there's do that ways once, to turn so that into really a memorable
0: night for folks, too. I, I love that perspective, though, of taking risks. And because the team I'm working with right now, that's a conversation. It's like, we just need to just try shit. Like, let's just try it. Because, like, at the end of the day, there's so many bands, right? There's so many people writing and releasing music. It's like, it's the things that are different, that are memorable. And I'm laughing so hard because Daniel, uh, run with this drummer. He constantly was like, bro, you need to get one of those headset mics. And I was like, I was in <laughs> Dave's camp. I was like, no, I'm not Britney Spears. I'm not Garth Brooks. I'm not doing it. Uh, but now now you're making me think, and he's he'll be so pissed. He's like, "That's all it took somebody else to say it." Um, I'll have to tell him that I'm going to see him tomorrow um, in the studio, and <laughs> I have to tell him I'm I'm open. I'm open to it now. I because there I think it, it could be an awesome thing uh, to create a moment. And and at the end of the day, those are the things like as I've reconnected with like former Run with It fans and stuff um, promoting uh, the releases. It's like they remember those those intricate little details and they remember the things that that were different than the other bands that they saw and it's like anything you can take a risk on i love that taking a risk well Uh, in five years
1: when five years when all the bands in the scenes are wearing headsets we'll know (laughs) it was you started
0: it was you. and You'll just call Dave,
1: and you'll be like, "Dave, what's up now, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in a well. He's been in country bands, and he's probably used to that, you know, by now. Ah, yeah. So but, he, uh, he knows that. Like, <laughs> but I think, yeah, you, know, you, you you make it what it is. I thought, you know, like you don't see any like rock punk people even going near something like that because exactly. of sort of the implications of it. But I'm like, to hell with that. If I'm like, you know throwing my guitar around, jumping around all stage, like uh, just an, a madman, like I would be if I was just playing guitar, but I'm mm-hmm. also like blowing you away with some vocals. I mean, you'd just be like, that was, that was incredible. And exactly what you say, they'd be like, there was this band, I went to go see my friend's band, but there was this opener, the dude had his headset. I thought it was weird. Like, at no first. shit, a headset? Like- <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really weird at first, but then it was like, he was just, he was just really fun. <laughs> That's, the hope. His-
0: That's the hope for it, yeah. I had a season in my life uh, where I didn't wear shoes, which is really ironic because now all I do is is look at shoes. Like, I'm, I'm in love with a bunch of different, like, Nikes and Air Force Ones, Retros, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but for a season, I literally would forget my shoes all the time because I just had sandals, and that's it. But I would leave them in my car, leave them at the apartment, all that kind of thing. Um, and I just started, even when I wouldn't have shoes, I would just start walking into stores completely barefoot. And I remember when my wife and I started dating, I'm like walking to target with no shoes on. And she's like, what, what are you doing? Like, they're going to kick you out. I was like, I have pretty much found that if you just walk in with a whole bunch of confidence, and then if the worker looks at you, you just look at him and smile and keep walking. Like I've only been kicked out of one place and it was Panera and they had to come get a manager. And they just said, because of codes, we have to ask you to step outside. <laughs> And other than that, I mean, I can't tell you how many places I've gone in barefoot, and that's how I think about performance too. It's like you can you could walk out in a dress and like wings if you wanted to, um, and if you do with confidence, and you know this, I'm fucking here to create experience for you. Um, people, I think will even if they at first are like, uh, I don't know, they you can bring them in. I think with right. that confidence, as, as long as it's it's bent on bringing value um, and and bringing people into the moment so i i love it that that challenges me daniel's gonna be pissed off he's gonna be like for years i try to get you to do that and i might give that a go down the down the road i'll, I'll give you credit i definitely will be... oh yeah
1: well, tell daniel i, I said I, I, hey citation needed. <laughs> definitely will. yeah tell daniel i said hey uh, you know if you guys uh i don't know whenever this gets announced this show i definitely want to try and get out get out to that that'd be cool
0: yeah. uh, but it let people know how they can uh connect with you and listen to the music
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, big on, big into Spotify. If you haven't followed us on Spotify, you know, just look up you space monster space, you Y O U monster space Y O U. And, um, you know, we've been growing that, uh, at an alarming rate. I, I feel more than I ever thought. I kind of always wrote, wrote off Spotify, but once I really started just pushing it, uh, you know, we've We've had some good luck, including getting on an editorial playlist for one of our songs. Nice. And you know, our first song, Iron, just came out or you know came out a couple months ago and just hit a thousand uh, streams. And our song, our newest song, Downtown, is less than a month out. It's only two or three weeks out, and it's already at a, a thousand streams. So, That's awesome. like, just recognizing that growth in Absolutely. is it has been really great so yeah spotify you you y-o-u monster y-o-u and then you know you can also find us on i'm uh, pretty active on instagram which is just instagram slash you monster you y-o-u monster all one word lowercase and then of course we've got our website you um that's kind of like where you can find the everything if you you're, all the all the links if that yeah, you can <laughs> want but that's awesome well thanks for making the
0: time it's been awesome Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, dude, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening to the live and create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The
1: live and create
0: podcast.